Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on April the 9th, 2017. Last week I talked about how organizations called governments and the ruling minority that owns it all, the countries, they always train the subjects, the people, to believe innocently in a type of social organization uh, where adults are always are graded to, into respectability categories. The higher up you go, the more respectable they're supposed to be. And and you're, that's really drummed into you in so many ways. You don't realize it. Through, mainly through fiction, again, too, and children's uh, stories all the way up into the respectable businessman and the respectable politician, respectable statesman. That was a good one, too. And that's how we're trained to believe. And nothing is really further from the truth, as I said last week. We're trained to, to <laughs> believe nonsense uh, so that we don't cause any problems for basically tyrants further down the road. Tyrants are very very good at explaining to themselves and to each other why, why they are being totalitarian and, and the, the way that they push things upon the general public. And they've always got good reasons for doing it, mainly that uh, the public might overthrow them if they find out just how big the tyrants are. It's kind of like George Bush uh, Jr. and his crew afterwards uh, came out that a comment had been made uh, with Bush uh, there, who said that if the public ever found out what they'd been up to, uh, they would chase them down the streets with a rope in their hands. And, uh, and, and pretty well that's how things are, because... Everything's run by deception. Uh, the public have always been kept in the dark about everything so that the bubble that they're, uh, that they're trained into doesn't burst. They must keep that bubble going so they can, it can be used upon you again the next time and you'll believe just as, just as well uh, that the governments are always telling the truth and it's in the right. It's, it's really astonishing, but it isn't really. Once you, once you get out of the bubble and you stop being naive and you educate yourself, you have to come to the conclusion that you've been a silly fool and incredibly brainwashed. Uh, and, um, and then you stop being so hard on yourself when you realize, yeah, you really have been incredibly brainwashed. It's almost an totalitarian form of brainwashing you've been under. Right from your early school days and how they test you all the time, a little test, you don't even know what they're really for, but it's really to find out uh, your psychological profile and they can categorize you and then observe you as you change. And to make sure, too, that you're not waking up too much, uh, because if you wake up too much, you might become a problem for them down the road. And I'm not kidding about that. So Bertrand Russell talked about it, that they'd have to nab people uh, very quickly, uh, and if they couldn't bring them over to work for the ruling system, then they'd have to eliminate them. And uh, nothing has changed. Nothing's, if, if, if anything, things are worse today because the system today uh, is uh, really, really is very arrogant. Before, they used to have a, a bit of a kid glove once in a while when they're treating the general public. But today, they don't really bother so much. They have so, so many banks of psychologists on board working for them. Uh, on how to create public perception on on anything they do before they even do it. How will the public respond to to this? Then they've all the categories of responses from the different types that were all put into our cluster groups. It's all quite something else, but they really do this. 
before they make a move. Uh, and that's why this nonsense over in Syria is, it doesn't shock me at all. Uh, and uh, uh, actually, the only shock we've had is, is why did it take so long for Trump to get, to get on with it and, um, and please the masters at the top. Uh, but uh, again, uh, the psychologists, uh, the guys that work on perception management, and, and that's an awfully good term to use because they use it themselves as they tell you what you're supposed to think instead of what, what really you are thinking according to what you've seen. Uh, they remake reality for you and then train you to believe that the fake version I've just given you of reality. And the reality they tell you as, as you try to bolster Trump, for instance, is so convoluted, uh, you'd have to be psychotic to accept it. That Trump really uh, was giving, when he, when he said all those, was it $59 million worth of missiles, uh, never mind all the ships that they sent over there and everything else, but just the missiles alone, 59 million bucks worth of missiles, that's okay because the taxpayer will buy him a new bunch of the latest kind. And... Um, it really gets you it really gets you to watch this continuation of it uh, in a sense because don't forget the first president to continuously use the same kind of missiles was Clinton over his period every every week he was sending over dozens of these things over to Iraq most of them fell in the desert apparently and they couldn't figure out why they were just firing them off in the desert areas but really what they were doing was just disposing of them so they could always order new ones for the, the corporations that made them and owned them but anyway, as I say we're, we're watching another fiasco run by um, intelligence agencies with the, the specialists coming out, even for the patriots who used to be called patriots uh, radio, uh, telling them what they're supposed to think and what you should think as opposed to what you obviously know yourself to be true and that's how it's done. And the same characters shape a public opinion even before they make the first move. It was so interesting to watch that Trump himself had mentioned just a couple of days before this, this attack on Syria. And that's what it was, remember, it's an attack. Um, he, he said, well, we're not really you know, worried about Syria anymore. It's up to Syria to, to work its own problems out, basically. And bingo, that's, see, that's all how you prepare, that's how you prepare the, the mindscape. It's the mindscape of the general public. Okay, oh, yeah, so it gets you relaxed there, then bang, oh, imagine, imagine, imagine Assad doing that after. We just pretty well forgave them and let them, stone would leave them alone. That's part of the, that's part of the con uh, that the intelligence agencies set up. Because they, 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 they had never, they'd always known when they were going to attack. And they always knew what the excuse would be. And there are too many uh, <laughs> uh, dogs in the fight in this one, as you well know, including countries right next door, you might say. There's a lot of uh, interested uh, people who've, who are really cheering, cheering, cheering Trump like never before. And it's like the neocons never went away. That's, that's the impression that the world has got now. But getting back to the point, the point is, it's, here we go with the same standard lies to the general population. They were used in Gulf War One, and have been used many times before and after. And no doubt we'll hear them all again in the rest of your lives too, as we attack other countries and do the dirties and so on for big, big corporations or for other countries. And as I say, there's just too many, too many uh, dogs involved in this particular fight altogether.
But we all know that for Assad to use the one thing that was guaranteed to have uh, the general population of the planet, the so-called global community against them, uh, and giving the credence for an attack on his country by outsiders, that the one thing he could not do was to, to use gas, and supposedly when did it come on? Come on. Nope. He, the man is not insane. Not insane at all. But uh, as I say, the, this long campaign against Assad is now in full swing again. It never really ceased, and uh, the military-industrial complex never changed their mind about anything, and neither do the other countries in, uh, involved in getting rid of Syria. And again, I guess Europe better prepare, uh, and other countries too better prepare for the mass influx if uh, the West goes to war with Syria. Uh, to, to take all the refugees in because would you stay in a country that will you know uh, that the West has, regardless, has decided to, to, to basically carpet bomb you? Would you stay in a country like that? Of course you wouldn't. This is the 21st century. The 21st century. More barbaric than ever before. Where we can kill millions in, in a day, multi millions in a day if we want to because we're so civilized and advanced. And the public are always told lies about everything, everything. It'd be a rarity ever to be told the truth about anything from any government department. I've given talks about this before on the psychological aspects of propaganda, public relations, and so on, and how every public department has a public relations teams or members that reword everything to the public, so the public are never told the truth. That's what, that's what they're there for. You wouldn't need these departments if the public were, were told the truth. And what's even sadder is the public expect. They expect that to be told the truth, and they expect to believe that they are being told the truth. They never learn. They never learn. Oh, Even Francis Bacon said it, you know, it's best that when he wrote his resume pretty well to the king and looking for a job, basically he said the public should never be told the truth about anything. It's best to keep them in the dark. Well, we're, we're, we're still in the dark yet. We're told lots of lies because they must... You understand, big intelligence agencies and think tanks with their long-term plans, going to, like a big business plan for a 50-year in the future, 100 years in the future. I'm not kidding, that's how they do it. With their little plans ticked off on the maps uh, when they're going to implement different things, right down to the excuses they'll tell the general public. That's, that, that's how it's really done. That's how it's really done. Nothing changes. It's always done in advance. And it's never what you think is behind it. Never what you think. I mean, we know that there are definitely agencies inside the United States that have interests abroad, put that way, and who are very powerful. And we know uh, that uh, also big corporations will be eyeing up everything within Syria. Eyed up long ago, in fact. I did the talks on Tony Blair and the big moguls that came in from the big oil companies to see him months and months and months before they eventually uh, declared to the public that they were going to attack Iraq 
And they, and I read what they said that they were, they were divvying up the country with oil wells and all the rest of it for these big corporations, courtesy the taxpayer. And the general public never see, never think about the fact that nations really, uh, including your intelligence services, work to ensure the continuity and the enrichment of the, of the biggest corporations on the planet. I remember listening to a guy who worked for MI6, and he said that most of his operations abroad were to do with money uh, for corporations and to make sure that everything went smoothly for takeovers of different things across the world. Uh, that's really what they were interested in. That's, that was their prime thing. Nothing's changed. I read the articles a couple of years ago from the exposures that came out on the uh, the NSA that actually passed information on to various characters in Wall Street. I'm, I'm sure there were money would change hands too. And that's that. Come on, stop being so naive. We're run. By, we're run by the biggest. Your governments really are just uh, the front men and women, and they're the bottom part. The, the bottom part of of uh, the big gang, the gangster gang that runs you. That, that's how it really is. I mean, this whole deep state, deep cover, deep state, whatever they want to call it, that's always here. And I always call it the world government because it is always here. It is a world government. You'll never see the people in public. They don't mix in public. They don't go out and do work. And they own most of the resources of the planet. That's the way it is. It's just the way it is, a dominant minority. And they make sure that governments... Please them. And if you please them and promise them you'll be a good little boy or girl as you run for office, uh, you've got a good chance of being elected. Uh, not by the people, you can always rig elections, but by the bosses that own the planet. Because that's who you must please. It's quite easy. And it's a shame. You understand, too, that um, humanity is run by techniques, and they actually call it strategies of tension in intelligence agencies, how they create the strategies of tension. They even create sides, uh, and then, then and it's a dialectic, of course, and they can start with two sides and then spring it to three, then four, and so on, until the general public couldn't follow anything at all. And it's meant to be that way, but there'll be a method behind the madness in reality. But... Also, amongst the general public, there's a form of insanity. And it's true. We mustn't get upset and offended um, to get the truth about things. Look at society. Look at them ready to kill each other, especially in the States in the last election. And people were. They were ready to kill each other to get their, their, their person into power. This is their savior to them. And especially in, a, in a, an atheistic society, the person going forward and the party become, is their religion. And, and the person you're, you're voting in is top of the religion. That's their savior. And they're ready to slaughter everybody for the savior. And they never learn when, when what they want never materializes. It doesn't matter. It's almost like a, a collective insanity they go into every, every so often. And believe you me, I mean, if you look at different, especially insect colonies, 
you'll see certain almost bizarre behavior. You'd swear occasionally it's a mass suicide they go into, or mass wars with their neighbors, right down to, to, to almost wiping each other out. And you've got to understand that the humanity itself isn't always quite so logical. If it was completely logical, they wouldn't need these teams of expert um, con men whose job it is for, to create perception management. Oh, don't, look at what, don't say what you're seeing. Here's what we want you to say that you're seeing until you start doubting what you, what you actually saw in the first place. That's the technique of it. And that comes, actually, I, I, I looked up for a little clip from a very old TV program. It was weekly called MASH about army field hospitals. It was based supposedly in Korea, but they played it during the Vietnam era as a as kind of kick against the Vietnam uh, conflict. But uh, and a lot of com- it was all comedy. And every so often in, in their tents, this guy would suddenly burst through, either smashing through a window or ripping through or, or even cutting the tent to get in. And he, he was your, your, your CIA guy. You know, he, he had probably 10 different credentials from different military secret organizations and so on. And his name was called Colonel Flagg. Well, he was the perception manager, you see. Whenever he came in, uh, he looked so furtive and, and comical. And he would, be, he would be dead serious. And he'd tell him why he was there. And, he, and then you say, I'm here to, and to create perception about this and that, and I'll do this, and they'll, they'll all think that, then we'll, th- we'll, we'll do this. And, and, before you, and then the, the, you see all the different staff standing around listening to them, and their jaws drop more open as they couldn't follow it. This crazy, mad, convoluted, psychological warfare tactic this guy was trying to explain to them. And then he would leave them just as crazily too. Tell them all to shut their eyes as he would smash himself through a window and things like that. But, but that, that was making fun or mockery of these kind of chess games that they pretend uh, 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 they've got total control over as they create confusion. I'll put a clip up tonight for that too, just for the, just for the fun of it. But again, back to what I'm saying. Humanity isn't so logical. Most people are pretty crazy, actually. They really are. Remember the definition, too, of insanity is keeping to, to do the same thing over and over, expecting a different result, like voting. And if voting, I've said it so many times, if voting helped you in any way at all, it would be outlawed. I'm not kidding about that. It's the greatest technique of keeping everybody occupied four and a half years at a time, roughly, uh, by voting out one bunch and voting another bunch in, believing in their lies until it weans off and you vote for another bunch coming in with a new set of lies. That's what you do. It's better than having revolutions. But a lot of folk really are not logical. Uh, people go nuts, and I mean psychologically, homicidally nuts during election time. So much so that you've got to look into what makes them so crazy. Uh, some big daddy uh, that you've been indoctrinated to believe in is going to kiss you all, your little knee all better, the one that you got, you skinned your knee when you're a child, or kiss it all better. I mean, is that what you really expect? Somebody to wave a, a magic wand and, and, and transform your little world into a paradise? It's, it's a bit much to hope for, isn't it? But to listen to some people, they really believe it. They want to believe it so much. 
And I guess as life gets more and more miserable with uh, the, the wonderful outcomes of free trade, which is like bankruptcy for everybody, and not be, be produce nothing anymore, we import everything, and if the jobs, even, even in the so-called service sector, which is all that's left, is where we buy things and pass them around. We don't make anything. Uh, even they're laying off like crazy now, and it can't be hidden. And, and this makes me wonder, too, this is the time for war. That's what we've done in the past. When we're bankrupt and there's no work. That's what happened. In the, the Great Depression didn't end in the 30s. It went straight through until, until the World War Two. And World War Two only stalled it for a little while and, and offset things uh, by mass production, borrowing money, borrowing, borrowing from the private you know, banks, and building armaments. It's a profitable business for the big uh, military-industrial complex, boys. And that helped to keep the U.S. out of uh, the hole for a while. It helped uh, uh, some other countries too. Britain never got out of it. Britain was still in the hole from World War I, mainly owing money to U.S. banks. And they only paid off World War I in the about year 2000 or so, maybe it's a few years after that. Uh, so it takes pretty well 100 years to pay off uh, one small, well, one world war where even the cost of it at the time was mainly in bodies and blood and guts. Um, although they're a big, big uh, uh, sum to repay, obviously, for for the armaments and the uniforms and everything else. But what Britain never really got out of that hole. And when they were hit with World War Two, uh, that was the end of it. They never recovered at all. In the U.S., it was a bit different. Same in Canada. End of World War Two. Even Canada, by the UN at the time, they said that uh, it was most likely to to succeed as a very profitable nation. Uh, well, off fell flat with free trade and everything else and, and, and long-term designs by the big moguls at the top. They got their little politicians to sign us all away in free trade. So that's how it goes. It's kind of silly in a sense, in, in, these days, in the last hundred odd years, I'd say, kind of silly to have a nation because you, you've never had the nation. It wasn't yours. And it was already getting sold from underneath you by people who had already planned world wars and think, you know, things like that. And all, you're, all you do as a, as a citizen is to be stuck with the, the tab for world wars and big free trade plans, etc. And including the tabs to even ship all of your big industrial systems, your factories, and ship them over to China and even pay for what they say were our losses incurred as they set up, uh, and it can take up to 15 years, I think it was, that you pay for their, what they say might be losses. No politician that they voted for ever told you about that, about all the deals they made with these other countries as well. And where, where the, these, these firms from your countries could go to China, and they didn't have to pay any taxes at all either, for 15 years, and they don't have to. If they say they're still losing money, they can sign that for another 15 years. Same thing from China. Um, the the, the so-called, so what a joke, third world countries like China. China is not a third world country. It's the manufacturing powerhouse for the planet. And it's more multi-billionaires churned out there every, every month than you can imagine. 
but China itself uh, uh, doesn't depend on the different uh, restrictions on manufacturing that we do in the West, because that's all signed into the free trade deals. The same with up-and-coming third-world countries. For the latest set set of countries involved in free trade, uh, they don't have to. They can actually pollute and so on and get away with it for again fifteen years, and then another fifteen years if they want to sign on to it. China, I mean, India did the same thing too. It's all planned in, in, in advance, and the pollution has got nothing to do with reality either. Is to bring the West further down into austerity as the big masters have decided to, to make us equally poor across the planet, except for this top uh, managerial class of multi-millionaires and billionaires. Actually, the millionaires aren't even included anymore. It's multi-billionaires because the currency is always getting <laughs> inflated and the purchasing power is always less. But so wars right now are awfully awfully important for the big boys um, to to stall off total financial collapse and to stall off to uh, the military-industrial complex boys who always rattle uh, their sabers uh, when they want more and more money coming in. For, for Because oh, it's incredible. And look at the money that Halliburton got printed up for them, in fact. There's documentaries about that. Where, where, where these massive um, troop transport planes were coming into to the Middle East and to Iraq with uh, skids full of just freshly printed money. And it was, and it was all to, to manage, supposedly, things for the troops and decent drinking war and so on. And it all went to luxury things across, uh, across that country, swimming pools and the whole bit for the rich. It was incredible. And again, the same neocons were involved in, in the Halliburton Corporation. Uh, and I've no doubt, too, they're all licking their chops, thinking about what they can do if they can get it all started and really, really, really going in Syria. It was sad, too, for me is to watch. And we've been watching it for so long now, for years. It's, what, seven years, this, this whole attack against Syria has been going on. And all those old, old, ancient, there was some of the earliest, there were first Christian communities in existence, still on the go, who spoke the old Aramaic, having their heads cut off, for God's sake. And the West said nothing. But suddenly, suddenly, they're supposedly ready to eradicate the whole nation of Syria. Supposedly, because of pictures of, of, of babies. Nonsense, 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 nonsense. Because that same reaction when they were cutting heads off all these Christians would have sprung into action if that was a natural response and that really bothered them. It would have happened then too, but it didn't. So you can't go with this rubbish, that this wag the dog rubbish that they always hand out to you uh, when they're ready to slaughter. And I think it's sad that, because the only thing, and I really mean this, I really, really mean this, uh, it's not the American people who are detested across the world. It's this concept of of their government. Because most people across the planet think of the U.S. as some, some crazy military-industrial complex that goes around the whole planet killing folk. That, that's the impression. That's, that is the impression. 
because that's what seems to, to run and rule the U.S. And we know that, you know, Eisenhower said the same thing, but we're the military-industrial complex and, so, and all the rest of it. And, but it goes on and on and on. And, and true, it's true, I, I do think how prosperous the U.S. should be and would be if they had never gotten involved in all the wars, including, including the Korean War, then the Vietnam War, then all the wars across Latin America that were done covertly too, also using the, the, the perception management specialists in psychology to overthrow countries and so on. And the School of the Americas, the trained uh, the people that go down there and to, to kill, rape, and quite something. If America had kept itself to itself, how far ahead would you think you'd have potholes in the road? It truly could have been some incredible example to the world. Could have been. But nope. It's bled dry through wars and profiteers. They say that the U.S. is a land of opportunity, but it truly has become, for a long time, the land of opportunists. And it's sad. It's sad. I mean, I've seen it all in Britain. I've seen, I've seen Britain. <laughs> I was born into in a post-war in Britain, where it had already been wrung out many times to get the last bit of liquid out that sponge, just wrung it out and wrung it out and wrung it. There's hardly anything left, decimated. Now it's gone pretty well. And even then, as the doors are this wide open under the so-called liberal ideal of, of no borders across the planet. Pretty, pretty sad, really, you know. But the, the people that were utterly destroyed, destroyed. And the U.S., as I say, is going to go in the same darn way, very fast. Very, very fast. With the trillions it owes, it's always borrowing and borrowing and, and having more wars. All that money should be spent at home, naturally. All of it. You can imagine what you could do. In every possible area, how it could be used and spent to better the, the, the lives of the people inside the country. But nope. All the folk get inside the country is the bill for every escapade across the world. Well, enough sermonizing, really, but as I say, I'll put that, that little clip up from MASH with Colonel Flagg, who is a psychological warfare specialist and perception management specialist. I'll also put up something I've, I've mentioned before. I've, I've watched many documentaries from the old Soviet Union. And the reason I'm putting it up is because if we forget this stuff, which is coming upon us all, by the way, by what's now called liberalism, we forget where it leads you uh, with this intolerance 
then we're actually we're walking into the same. But what am I saying? We're walking into the same system right now. As the laws get passed, so you can't say say things or question anything, or and you're always checked now with all the spy grids and so on to see what you're saying on the phone or or what you're texting or emailing or whatever. We're we're in it pretty well, and the same the same formula will just go ahead as these idiots, these mad people, and they are, these ones are mad. These these idealist freaks are mad. They're dangerous, dangerous characters who can only go the same way under the guise of, of loving the world and, and forcing us into this utopia. They'll, they'll make sure they slaughter us all to do it. Mad. And the movie uh, is called The Survivors. And this was from Bulgaria. I think it was first released in 1991. And then again, maybe in 2008. But it's got subtitles and the survivors' camp tales. It's also called Camp Tales. I'll put the link up for you to, to get it. But they had camps all over the Soviet Union, and Bulgaria was no different than the rest of the countries, where they, they picked up people and they threw them in there. They tortured them. They, they, and I, I'm not kidding you. It's the most horrific thing. And it's no different than what you had in Siberia. But so so horrific, because they can always get the brutes as guards to do the most brutal things. And every country's got them. Every country's got that type, you know, who, when told, they'll brutalize inmates and torture them. And if told, if, if need be, like this, this you'll see, you don't, you'll, these people, these, these poor souls are crippled and everything else from the treatment of broken bones and so on, talk about what they had to do to survive. And how the guards didn't even use bullets on the, on the, the, to kill people. They just clubbed them to death. They clubbed them to death. And, and every country, as I say, has these people, these brutes. They can be set upon the general public when told to by their bosses. And that's terrifying, and it's sickening, and it's sad. Isn't it sad? That every state has lists of these people that they can use whenever they want to, who will turn on, on people, and, and, and they're sadists, and they're cowards, because they never do it without the authority of the state, and gangs around them to back them up. As they go through their grisly, sickening business, so, as I say, you, you, can, you can listen to, and, and what translates from the language in Bulgaria to one of the main offences that many people were, they went for their, again, for their, for their different uh, ideologies. Uh, if it varied a little bit from the prevalent communist one that was running it, and you went to the camp. If you just joked about something and were overheard, bang in the camp. Uh, legs bust a whole bit. You maybe maybe your brains bashed out with clubs too. But one of the main things that they, they came under that why you were in was, and this is awfully important right now for for those who are watching all of this political correctness and things being being put into law that you can't say. You can't communicate. You must never mention, even in a question, 
a legitimate question. It's illegal because we are definitely well into it right now with the same types running our nations. And the term to put in the camps was non-conformist. When you were told to adapt and conform to the prevalent ideology, even though it would seem insane to you if you really understood what was going on, uh, you're a non-conformist. Today, we're being forbidden just to even express an opinion anymore. You're non-conformist. If you express what you're, what you're told to express, you'll be accepted by the, the ruling elite. But if you don't, what's coming next? How does it start? Finding you? Putting you in prison? Then what? Special camps. Special camps run by those who give great speeches about acceptance and tolerance as they slaughter you and bash your brains in. And you think that humanity is sane? Forget it. It just repeats itself over and over. Now we'll go into some things for, for tonight, some topics for today, I should say. And I'm so sick of it. I'm sure you all are too, those who actually go outside and look up to the sky. The geoengineering that's going on, big time. And again, the cons, they put, they're pulled out there to, to make you um, question yourself. Question yourself. And what you see and what you perceive is all perception management. And and you'll see the trails being laid by the aircraft. And, you'll, and you know the difference between the condensation trail and the chemtrail. We all know that. We've read the articles, we've read the patents and so on. We've read the geoengineers talking about it, etc., etc. We see it happening as they modify. Uh, on one part, they modify uh, completely the weather. And on the other hand, too, um, they're causing lots of physical illnesses amongst the general population. It's not just allergies galore and bronchitis, fungus uh, infections like you, you've never seen before. And even the trees are dying of it too, which is expected when you really uh, have so much aluminum oxide and barium and various other things coming down all the time. But you're breathing that stuff in. It also help, it'll help cause strokes in people as well, aluminum oxide, because it, it's a clotting agent pretty well when you put it into, and get into the lungs, into the alveoli. And then through the bloodstream. And like, like everything else, it's, it's just, oh, we can't talk about that, it's secret. That's what they say. But this one says, U.S. scientists launched the world's biggest solar geoengineering study. Research program will send aerosol injections into the Earth's upper atmosphere to study the risks and benefits of a future solar text fix for climate change. So this is now this is your standard thing handed out by the big intelligence agencies to newspapers. Because, see, they've been doing this, they've actually been doing this thing daily, this, this geoengineering, as they call it here, since at least 1998. That's when they started in Canada doing it uh, regularly, pretty well every day. But this is how they get you ready for them doing it, if they have to do it. They're going to do little tests here and there. <laughs> what a joke, eh? And it says that the scientists are set to send aerosol injections 20 kilometers up into the Earth's stratosphere and the biggest solar uh, geoengineering program to date to study the potential of a future 
text fix for global warming, which they claim now is not existing. It doesn't happen. It's just climate change now, because the warming wasn't working and wasn't cooperating with uh, their, their uh, demands. Anyway, Harvard University naturally is on internet too. They're getting $20 million um, in a project that will last uh, within weeks and aims to establish where the technology can safely assimilate the atmospheric cooling effects of a volcanic eruption and so on. But again, this is a cover story to make you think they're not doing it yet. And to make, and if you mention it to other people, they say, oh, they're not actually doing that. Yeah, I just read an article. Say, well, they're thinking of doing it in the future, but they're not doing it yet. And, and they'll poo-poo you. It's very clever. But again, that's, that's how they do their perception management. And the other thing, too, and I read a few years back, I remember when they, when they came up with this, it was getting so obvious about the sky and the, the trails and, and so on. In the spring, they came up and gave you a, a cloud appreciation society to make you think that these clouds are always look like that. It's quite interesting. This is how it's done. Yeah. And, but this one here says, New International Cloud Atlas. 19th century tradition, 21st century technology. And the World Meteorological Organization has released its new long-awaited digitalized international cloud atlas. Well, no, you're going to get one to because new kinds of clouds all the time. The global reference for observing and identifying clouds, which are an essential part of weather. They're talking to morons. We didn't know that. It says, the climate system and the water cycle. It was released for the World Meteorological Day on 23rd March. The new atlas combines 19th century traditions with 21st century technology. Contains hundreds of images submitted by meteorologists, photographers and cloud lovers. We've got cloud lovers, you see, from around the globe. Some people have their pet clouds, and they can call it their pet names and things, and maybe even comet and things like that. It includes new classifications, including uh, volutus, uh, uh, roll clouds, clouds from human activities such as contrails. You see, see, that's normal now, contrails, condensation trails, create clouds. They never used to, but they do, the new ones do, because they've got a new kind of water, I guess, in the atmosphere, <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> that's such rubbish. See, see how they're, they're constantly lied to? Right? Huh? So the, the contrails. This is a vapor trail sometimes produced by airplanes. And asperitas, a dramatic undulated cloud which captured the public imagination. It also featured meteorological phenomena like rainbows, halos, snow devils, and hailstones. The International Cloud Atlas is the single most authoritative and comprehensive reference for identifying clouds. Its reputation is legendary among cloud enthusiasts. I, I think every town's got a club, don't they? Uh, doesn't your village have a, an enthusiast cl- a clubhouse for, for cloud watching? The, the last thing most folk have done, even in the 20th century into the 21st, is ever look up. That's why it's so easy to fool them. And then from the BBC, sorry if my voice is a bit crackly here, but it's, the air's so dry because we've been spraying so much. I guess it, it's, it's the moisture. A capturing spray that's on right now. Anyway, it says, New Wave Like Cloud finally wins official recognition. And uh, 12 new types of cloud, including the rare Wave Like uh, Aspertus Cloud, have been recognized for the first time by the National the International Cloud Atlas. And they give this lovely picture of this sci-fi clouds that you get now. And 
again, too, it's, it goes on and on about how wonderful it is. Since its first publication in 1896, the International Cloud Atlas has become an important reference tool for people working in meteorological services like aviation and shipping. I think the last article said that it was um, 19... Uh, when does it say this one came out? The convention established the WMO in 1950. Hmm. That's so interesting how they all rather conflict. Anyway, here's again another article, Harvard Solar Geoengineering Research Program. And um, it launches it in 2017. And they're going to spend uh, a lot of your tax money, no doubt, as you go through this nonsense of pretend, wondering how it would ha- how it would work on, on the atmosphere if they were ever to spray it, instead of uh, just telling us the truth, and which of course we'll, we all know if we keep looking up and watching it. They've been spraying it pretty well daily since 1998. And then <laughs> this was one here too from end-to-end encryption on messaging services is unacceptable. Uh, this is the UK minister, British Interior Minister Amber Rudd, says on Sunday, uh, end-to-end encryption uh, of messages offered by services like WhatsApps are completely unacceptable, and there should be no secret place for terrorists to, to communicate. Well, the point is really that why? Sh- here's the old, old problem: why should the whole of society suffer for the for for a few people? Because they use the few always to make a totalitarian system upon the rest of the population. And so you're, you're, everyone is supposed to be spied on and accepted by your government. Everybody. That's not right, no. They're going as to, again, why they, this should be. What, the, the, the thing is, they, they, they're, they're darn well who's who. Then who's who, believe you me. Uh, again, personality profiles all the, the different uh, communication over years on certain people. They know who is who. There are no surprises. There really aren't. So, again, it's just a totalitarian system. You're, you're pretty well in now. Another one, too, and this is in the U.S. This time, Senate votes to let U.S. ISPs sell the web browsing history to advertisers. That ISP, Internet Service Provider, now stands for Invading Subscriber Privacy, Democratic Center says. So, yeah, you're, you're just a, a peon now. And they could never have done it without terrorism, which, of course, as you well know, uh, was pretty well sponsored by the West. And they're still sponsoring it, in fact, uh, with the uh, attackers around Syria. And here's another article. The National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, the NGA, Washington's little-known spy agency. It's located uh, on a heavily protected military base some 15 miles south of Washington. It's got unaccountable spying on Americans and reflects police state rule. It says, operating lawlessly, watching everyone to assure unchallenged control and wanting unacceptable ideas suppressed. Unacceptable ideas. Also, it's, um, it means the government has no power to restrict expression, or it should have that. That's the First Amendment. It means that the government has no power to restrict expression. 
it's something so precious that, and yet the, the, most countries don't have it. And anyone try to express certain things now can be locked up quite easily in some countries. As I say, they're intolerant. See, liberalism is completely intolerant. That's what ran. That was the term we used in the West often. In fact, that's what Khrushchev said. He says, talking about communists in America. He says, we don't call them communists for Americans. We call them liberals. And that's the term they use for the U.S. and Canada and Britain. Anyway, it says um, that uh, this agency is one of the biggest, biggest spy ones and very quiet. Early administration, Obama didn't uh, know NG existed, and Bamford calls it by far the most shadowy of U.S. spy agencies, subverting constitutional protections to keep America <laughs> safe for privileged interests at the expense of all others. The NG allegedly confined its spying overseas, and that's always the big lie. According to Bamford, there's uh, reason to believe uh, Trump will expand its mandate to spies freely domestically as abroad, including secretive or overhead surveillance by satellites and drones. Concern is growing that technology focused on spying abroad may soon be used on all citizens. As of 2015, no federal st- statutory uh, limitations existed to control aerial spying domestically. In 2016, Baltimore police began using drones to conduct secretive spy in the sky surveillance of area residents. The technology can track everything stationary or moving over an area of up to 15 square miles at a time, according to Bamford. Two high-tech drones hovering over Manhattan can observe and follow all outdoor human activity night and day, round the clock every day. Uh, objects as small as a stick of butter on a plate can be zoomed in and watched. That's if you can afford butter, I guess. Big Brother in the Sky is ominously real, and so on. And this article this goes through it all about what it's up to and so on. But um, you, you've got so many agencies to spy on you, and foreign ones too that are allowed to. Uh, even the ones that will often make uh, you know, a lot of the computerized equipments and so on, embed the, the, the back doors. Not just for, for your governments, but, but for themselves, too, to spy on you as well. And don't forget, too, there's a, a kind of world brain, they called it. I mentioned the, the project before. I'm actually calling it that now. But H.G. Uh, Wells called uh, one of his, his, thing, his writings about the world brain, a system that would contain all the world's information. Well, they first called it the world brain when they made a, one massive centralized computer with a bank of backups to, to basically have all the data of all European citizens in the European Union. That's quite a few years back. Now, one little article about autism, which in a sense, even though it's, it's a dire thing, it's a terrible, terrible thing, but the way it's written is almost comical in a way. But it says, increasing awareness of autism and the promise of the NDIS and biological factors like older parents are driving the boom in diagnosis, according to the experts. The number of Australians diagnosed with autism increased by 42% between 2012 and 2015. (laughs) This is research, and advocacy groups are adamant. It's not a cause for alarm. Oh, no. I guess it's good for business. It means they put more and more folk on all the different drugs, you know. It says, in 2015, 164,000 Australians had autism diagnosis according to the results of an ABS survey released Wednesday. It's an increase of around 50,000 people since 2012. 
It reflects the number of diagnoses, not the number of people with conditions that might be classified as autism if they sought a diagnosis. It's best not to go looking and seeking any diagnosis for anything if you can help it. They try not to worry about it. I mean, it's almost a 50% increase. <laughs> Don't worry about it. It's okay. It's good for business. But this is the kind of stuff that they throw out to the general public. I'll also put out some, an article on Chemical Weapons 2017, just what just happened in Syria. Interesting enough, too, in this other article, U.S. military likely to send as many as 1,000 more ground troops into Syria ahead of racket offensive, the officials say. It was about a month before all of this. And then Syria claims it shot down an Israeli jet fighter. Israel denies it because Israel has been pretty well, you know, going in there occasionally and bombing different places, which they claimed. Remember the last time, just before the last the nonsense we heard about 2000 and was it uh, 14, 13, 14, 13, where, where they, they claimed at the time that there was a, a, a sarin gas release, trying to blame it on uh, on the government of Syria, and it turned out it was the it was the rebels that did it. But that week earlier, that week I think Israel had been bombing some place where they claimed that there was they were making or stockpiling uh, some chemical weapons. Anyway, uh, there's so many, as I say, people involved in this war over there. And this article too to do with political correctness. I mentioned this professor before. An opportunity to make the displeasure known pronoun professor denied government grant from Canada. Uh, Jordan Peterson. It says he's had a federal research grant application denied for the first time in his long and distinguished academic career. He's certainly a rejection from the Social Science and Humanities Research Council of Canada, the government agency that supports post-secondary research, is linked to controversy uh, surrounding his stand on gender-neutral pronouns such as Z and Zer. This is what they want you to say now, rather than he or she or whatever. And the modern notion of gender as being fluid uh, is objected to these these terms, getting, they're trying to make you believe or say or parrot or conform to, like I mentioned before with that Bulgarian thing, you know, um, non-conformists were just putting these these awful, awful, awful prison camps, and you've got all the symptoms coming down to. I put that article article up. Also, Canada's proposed gender identity bill. It's a law coming through, could restrict free speech. And then another one article is carbon tax advisors flights. Uh, generate more emissions, that, you know, the actual tax advisors and their flights, generate more emissions than average Winnipeg households. Uh, flights taken over a six-month period by David McLaughlin, Manitoba government contractor working on climate change policies, have produced more greenhouse gas emissions than an entire Winnipeg household, according to documents obtained by the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. But the whole thing is, we shouldn't be paying this nonsense anyway. It's a, it's a racket, it's a con, and... Uh, we should be getting fed up with all the corns as they squeeze the cash out to you. When they've already told you, Agenda 21, is to is all go, is going to basically bring you into austerity. The plan is to take all your spending money away from you, bring you into to, uh, basically austerity by taking all the money by taxation of all kinds away from you and essential uh, bills for energy, etc. It's technocracy. It's a technocracy ink course we're going right through right now. 
and um, bring you into, into austerity, uh, into this wonderful utopia uh, that the liberal uh, um, ideology wants us all to live in, where we're like robots and um, bees in a hive. That's their symbol. They love the bees in a hive thing. They want us all to be part of the organism. Right now we live in organizations, and uh, we can't quite get this organism thing where we all become like each other. Absolute clones of each other, and very and, and absolutely in every possible way, even in opinions, because having divergent opinions is not going to be tolerated, and even questioning what you, what did, you're told you must say, you must say, uh, like some kind of witch hunt, is in your face now, and going to get it'll all expand once you one. So once you get one law in the books, they expand them into other areas too. And uh, horror, horror, and I mean horror, is coming down the pike, uh, along with all the other parts of the same agenda, with uh, fake global warming, which doesn't exist, and um, and the the spraying of the skies relentlessly, until so many people are getting sick, it's just incredible. And even Monsanto uh, came out and a few years back and patented their their their, their particular strain of uh, fertilizers and so on uh, that would make things grow, their, their own plants grow in an aluminum-rich soil. See, the soil now is so aluminum-rich with all the spraying from aluminum uh, oxide. But we're not supposed to be talking about the truth. That's really getting to be forbidden these days. And you uh, will be a nonconformist as those poor souls and the thousands and thousands of them who got slaughtered inside those camps and Bulgaria found out from 1944 all the way through to 1989. Yep, and it just repeats itself and gets worse and worse uh, as people as people are, are forbidden to think this or think that, and you're told what you must think and what you must say and what you must believe, just like Winston in Orwell's 1984. Well, as the history constantly repeats itself, it seems, with these same ideologies rotating all the time. And so many folk eventually have to suffer because of them. It's rather sad. From myself, from a heavily sprayed Ontario, Canada, I'm Alan Watts. May your God, may your God, go with you.